everybody. Welcome to another episode of Well, This Isn't Normal with Sarah Benincasa, the podcast where we talk about all of this, dealing with all of this, aka dealing with all of life in general. This is the first podcast of 2023 that I have recorded. Um, You're going to hear some things because I'm recording on Super Bowl Sunday. So not only will you hear my cat, Um, Not only will you hear perhaps New York City street noise, but you're also possibly going to hear um, an overabundance of yelling on the street if some Eagles fans wander by. Um, I'm sure Chiefs fans exist in New York. I don't know any of them. And um, also because this tends to be a big old party day and when people gather together especially with alcohol. Sometimes they get up to shenanigans. Uh, So you will be hearing, (laughs) undoubtedly, at some point, you will hear uh, cop sirens and uh, probably ambulance and firefighter sirens. And look, the topic is meditation. So I like to pick a real doozy of a day to try and talk about meditation. But fuck it. We've been doing well. This isn't normal since March of 2020. So this podcast has been around for almost three years. I haven't, uh, I I neglected it in the last month of, and the last month of 2022 and the first month of 2023 because I got COVID and I was tired and out of it and there was a lot of brain fog and I lost my sense of smell and taste and this podcast began because of COVID and because of lockdowns at the time or our version of lockdowns in the U.S. which were nothing compared to what they were in in some countries and so uh, it just took that long for me to actually get COVID for the first time but my sense of smell and taste are about 70% back and the brain fog not so much of an issue now. Knock on wood. I'm gonna knock on wood right here. On this little... Oh, hi Polly. How are you? That was the sound of my cat attempting to jump up here to join us. Would you prefer that I I make more room for you to be sitting down? Podcast. Famously an audio medium. But if you could see the visual here, you would see a 10-year-old cat who is gray, approximately 14 LBs, <laughs> who has six toes on each of her front paws. She's a polydactyl cat, which is why her original owners named her Polly, although they did P-O-L-L-Y, not P-O-L-Y. And come here, mama. You can sit. Join us. Join the listening audience. She has hopped up onto this little yellow chair that I'm on tentatively put one toe down on me and is figuring out if she wants to leave the safety and sanctity of the armrest to settle in my lap. And I'm sure she'll figure it out at some point. Anyway, I made extra room for her, (sighs) but I may sound kind of far away. So let's bring you back closer. Ooh. Hey, hi, how are you doing? Are you feeling good? Great. So we're talking about meditation on the podcast today, 
By the way, if you'd like to support the podcast and the other work that I do and get access to exclusive writing and photos, as well as my once-a-week newsletter, Serotonin, S-A-R-A-T-O-N-I-N, please support the podcast and the other work via Patreon, patreon.com slash Casa. That's patreon.com slash S-A-R-A-B-E-N-I-N-C-A-S-A. I would love for you to join me there. I deeply appreciate the folks who are listening who are already Patreon contributors. And um, if you're not interested in supporting the podcast that you're listening to, but you would just like to get a newsletter from me once a week without all the extra messages and the extra private podcast that patrons get. That's right. It's called the audio letter. Um, so if you're like, man, I don't want to go to patreon.com slash Sarah Benincasa and get the serotonin newsletter four times a month, the audio letter private patrons only podcast four times a month, as well as exclusive video, audio, written, photographed content, that's not for me. I won't be going to patreon.com slash Sarah Benincasa and joining for as little as a dollar a month or 15% off if I pay for everything up front for a year. That's not for you. But you're like, hey, motherfucker, I want to read this fucking bitch's newsletter. Okay, you could read the serotonin newsletter. How, you ask? Substack. It's just got the newsletter. SarahJBenincasa.substack.com. Go over there and become a subscriber. There are paid options, which I would suggest because I love money and it helps me pay bills and live my life and set aside time to actually make this art because things come up. There's a column that I would have done this uh, past month, but the publication has been suspended, I think, temporarily. So, you know, that's some money that I would have liked to have had, but things happen, things come up, and so that money didn't come in. But what's okay is that I get income for my art from Patreon and from paid Substack contributors, and I also have a full-time job that's very busy. And so, yeah, anyway, you really help. So if you can become a paid Substack subscriber to Serotonin Newsletter, sarahjbenincasa.substack.com. That would be great. If you want to join Patreon, patreon.com slash sarahbenincasa, you get even more than you get over on Substack. All right, cool. Got that shit out of the way. Let's talk about meditation. So meditation has been um, a daily or almost daily part of my life since 2017. My friend Sean knew that I was depressed and anxious and having a hard time. Sean deals with anxiety as well, and he suggested that I try this thing called Headspace. Now, I had first learned about meditation, and I was, I was always intrigued by it. And there are so many different religious and not religious, but spiritual practices in the world that incorporate meditation, that incorporate silence. There are monks from the Catholic tradition in which I was raised, nuns from the Catholic tradition, Roman Catholic tradition in which I was raised who take a vow of silence. It's quite rare today, but um, it was more frequent back in the day. And I don't, 
practice Catholicism, but it has had a huge influence on my life and the way I see the world, um, in in the way I receive things, in the way that I'm fucked up, <laughs> uh, uh, and probably in also in good things like my my ideas around not just charity but also mutual aid and kindness and and the ideals. My friend Jackie was over yesterday and she said. We were talking about crystals, you know, having crystals, right? Speaking of a form of spirituality, very new agey, these rocks. And there are certain crystals that are associated with certain things, ostensibly, allegedly. And so there's one in particular, clear quartz, which is supposed to help with focus. We were talking about that and I said, I don't necessarily believe that it's real. However, if I have a funky rock or a piece of art and it makes me feel better, I think that's cool. And Jackie was like, well, it works if when I look at it, I think of the alleged meaning and that has a good effect on me. I'm paraphrasing. I was not recording our conversation, but you know what I mean. So where I'm coming from is that I think, okay, if if I can find... um, an online dealer who engages in ethical sourcing and knows where and how these pretty rocks were extracted from the earth and can explain it. And if I'm assuming they're not bullshitting, which they may be, but let's say I'm trusting them, um, that I feel like this thing, this object, this beautiful object I'm going to put in my home was uh, crafted not just by Mother Earth, but by the people who have since tumbled it, polished it, carved it, whatever, packaged it up and deliver it. If I, if I can feel good um, about how I acquired it and how the person who I acquired it from acquired it and so on and so forth, if I can feel good about the chain of workers who got this done and got this to my place, then I will, I will purchase uh, a crystal. And I'll get that crystal and I'll look up what it's supposed to mean And do I think that by holding it in my hand, it's imparting magical properties to me? Probably not. But is there magic in what we assign to talismans and to objects? Yes. One might even just simply call it psychologically powerful. Cool. It's kind of my take on these things. And I think that meditation, which has real measurable, positive impacts on the way that we think, on the way that we react to stress, on our immune response, on all all different things that have not just been anecdotally reported, but have been measured in the sort of traditional, contemporary, Western, uh, scientific way in studies that have been replicated, whether we're talking studies of, of um, monks from various traditions who live in sort of a cloistered setting versus individuals out in the world who have a regular meditation practice, we know that meditation can have an extraordinary, wonderful impact on people. And I have found it to have that for me. It's been an incredible part of my life. And I don't, I I say almost daily because I I miss days sometimes. I don't want to create the impression that I 
always meditate at the same time every day. Uh, I don't. I do my best to get it done at some point throughout the day. It's usually about 10 minutes. I don't sit on a, a zafu or cushion with my back straight and my posture in alignment. Um, I sit in a chair or I lay down, usually on my bed, sometimes on the floor. I do what I can to ensure that sleepiness does not creep in and that I don't actually fall asleep. So that might mean for me, if I'm laying in bed, um, taking the pillow out from under my head and maybe um, only having one light blanket on top of me as opposed to the multiple ones that I have to get really cozy at night. If I'm sitting in a chair, I may put I may put a cushion under my bum um, and perhaps by my lower back because I have a lot of back pain. I have it right now. It's been really troubling me lately. So I'm actually going for a massage tomorrow. And the massage therapist has um, worked in chiropractic offices and worked with physical therapists. So one of the reasons I'm happy I chose her, this is a surprise, I read her bio after I, after I chose her, but was that she really likes teaching clients stretches to help their particular issues between massage sessions. And I love that. So that's what I'm doing tomorrow. Um, and, and I am not from a religious tradition that requires or asks me to sit in a certain way in order to meditate or that says that um, maximum benefit from this can be uh, obtained only if you do X, Y, Z. And so that's okay. I was reading something the other day from somebody who said something else interesting about meditation, which is that for some people, silent meditation can be awful, <laughs> like focusing on the breath. It, it's not, if you're listening to this and you've tried silent meditation and you found it really upsetting, there's nothing wrong with you at all. In fact, some people who have had difficult and traumatic experiences or um, or who are just struggling with difficult emotions at the moment, I don't even mean a long-term trauma, um, whether you have PTSD or complex PTSD or what have you. I'm not even talking about that. I'm just saying you're very upset right now, let's say. I hope you're not, but if you are, just you'll find it easier to play along with this idea. Um, very upset right now because a parent did something that you're pissed about or a partner did something you're pissed about or you're going through a breakup, you feel lonely or you're really angry at somebody at work. Now, for some people, silent meditation may be just the thing in that moment. But for other people, even if you have a regular silent meditation practice, it may be difficult for you in this moment to sit because you may be feeling flooded with different feelings. So in your case, what may be more helpful is to have a guided meditation where you hear, um, you play a voice through YouTube or through some sort of recording or through Headspace. Or maybe what would be better for you would be something that I suppose I would term a meditative practice um, something with meditative qualities to it, which may not be a formal meditation. For example, um, saying the rosary or chanting affirmations out loud. Certainly some people 
prefer during meditation, even if it's a silent meditation, um, where they're focusing on their breathing. They don't like to have their eyes closed because that's scary. Okay, have your eyes open. Maybe your eyes just sort of go off focus or maybe you focus on a candle flame or something like that. I think that we can understand meditation as something that can benefit one's life. But as with exercise, it is not something that you can only go to when you're sad or that you can only go to when you're feeling an emotional or physical injury. We, if, if we only go to exercise, if we only go to, uh, po- let's say, stretching, positive happy, joyful stretching. Oh, how we love stretching. If we only engage in stretching as directed by a physical therapist after an injury, and then once we feel better, we're like, fuck it, I don't care. Cool, I'm going to wake up. I'm not going to stretch during, after, or before exercising. Well, eventually we're going to repeat the injury, right? And it's going to lessen the efficacy of the stretching if we only do the stretching after an injury in order to heal from it. I I may be a little wobbly there with the way I described that, but you know what I mean. And if you only drink lots of water when you have a urinary tract infection, or you only floss your teeth after you go to the dentist and the dentist goes, oh, we have to do a root canal to have the oral surgeon come in and do all this shit. And then like you get all the stuff done and you go through it and then you're like, cool, now I'm going to start flossing. And then if you floss for a while and then you're like, eh, I've been flossing for like six months, I'll give it up. But you keep eating the same way and having the same behaviors as before. Well, you're, you're not, you know, you're going to end up dealing with the same shit. Again, wobbly metaphors, a bit all over the place. My point is meditation is something that we show up for regularly, whether it's daily multiple times a day, or it's weekly. Some people prefer to just go to a weekly gathering of other individuals online or in person. And and so meditation becomes uh, an active community for them, even if they're not talking to the other folks who meditate. Hey, who am I to judge? I'm not an expert. I'm not even a meditation teacher. I'm just somebody who enjoys it and has benefited from it. And I would like to share that gift with you. If it's something that is not a regular part of your life, perhaps this episode of this little podcast will inspire you to try to make it a regular part of your life. And if you hear noises of pawing and stuff in the background, it's exactly what that is. That's my cat. So let me look at some definitions. And by the way, if you're enjoying this, don't forget about patreon.com slash sarahbenincasa. Hey. (laughs) Okay. Meditation. The action or practice of meditating. For example, a life of meditation. That's a noun version. Here's another way of defining meditation. A written or spoken discourse expressing considered thoughts on a subject. His later letters are intense meditations on man's exploitation of his fellows. So we are, of course, talking about the action or practice of meditating. Here's the origin. It was a Middle English word which came from Old French, which came from Latin. Um, Meditatio, 
from Meditari. Meditari. And I wanted to then define prayer because meditation and prayer are not the same thing. If they were, if every meditation were a prayer, then meditation would in some way be inherently religious, which it is not. There are plenty of places that um, divorce meditation entirely from religion. There are even people who divorce meditation entirely from spirituality. They regard it as a purely psychological exercise. I do not, but I think that if you do, you're still going to experience benefits from it. So prayer, which is from the Middle English, from the Old French, Prairie, what? Good job, Sarah. Based on the Latin precarious, which meant obtained by entreaty. It also came from prex or prec. Okay, so prayer, the noun, a solemn request for help or expression of thanks addressed to God or an object of worship. For example, I'll say a prayer for him. Here's another example, a commitment to a life of holiness through Oh my goodness, through prayer and Bible reading. Here's another way to define it as a noun. Prayers, a religious service, especially a regular one at which people gather in order to pray together. 500 people were detained as they attended Friday prayers. A prayer can also be an earnest hope or wish. It is our prayer that the current progress on human rights will be sustained. Here's a common phrase. She doesn't have a prayer. He don't have a prayer of winning. <laughs> That's informal. means having no chance at all of succeeding at something. So I say, I pray. I engage in the act of prayer every day. I just reminded myself I didn't do it today, so I have to do it today. <laughs> but when I pray, although my prayers can be meditative, um, it is not the same as meditation. They can be combined, but um, in this case, when I pray, I'm saying the prayers out loud or in my head, and, and there are specific prayers that I say every day or endeavor to say every day. I don't make it every day, but um, in, in them, I am praying to God. I'm praying to a higher power, and I say them every day, but, but it's not meditative. It does not necessarily induce the the response of deep and quiet focus that meditation can induce. And if you're in a very deep state of meditation, there can be a very deeper things that happen that I haven't experienced yet. Maybe I will someday. But um, a prayer can just be something I sort of say when I'm driving (laughs) or say as I'm on my way out the door. Um, A meditation requires longer and sustained focus. Now, here's something else, a visualization. Um, because there are also creative visualizations. Like you can listen to somebody walk you through a story and, and you picture different things and then they tell you what the things represent. And it's very interesting, blah, blah, blah. Or you can visualize success. You can visualize whatever. And and that is neither a prayer nor meditation. That's something else entirely. That employs uh, quite a bit of the imagination. It's very fun, but okay. Visualization. Noun, the representation of an object, situation, or set of information as a chart or other image, of course. Uh, And here's something else, the formation of a mental image of something. The story uses descriptive language to aid visualization, or 
visualization is a helpful technique for relieving stress. So when I talk about meditation, I am talking about meditation, not about prayer, not about visualization, although you may end up incorporating some of that stuff together. Uh, I recently listened to a book that I loved, um, The Four Foundations of Mindfulness in Plain English by Bhante Hennepola Gunarantana. Gunarantana. There we go. Yeah. Bhante Hennepola Gunarantana. Very, very good. The Four Foundations of Mindfulness in Plain English by a Buddhist monk. And I'm also looking, uh, as I'm going through my, my app here, um, I'm also listening to Buddhism for Beginners by Tubton Children. And let's see, I've got um, The Tibetan Yoga of Breath by Anyan Rinpoche and Alison Choying Zangmo. And we've got, I mean, I've just got, I've got, uh, hey, if you want a nice thing that for relaxation, you might do some visualization along with it. I would check out Sound Baths by Sarah Oster, A-U-S-T-E-R. There are so many different audiobooks that I've listened to over the years to assist me with different forms of meditation. And it's been really wonderful. And the Headspace app has been incredibly helpful for me as well. You may want to try a form of meditation that comes from your own religion, from your own spiritual tradition. And I can't tell you what that is because I don't know what yours is, but you can investigate it. You can find out. The act of walking the labyrinth in different churches is so interesting. I've always wanted to walk the labyrinth at, I think it's Grace Cathedral in San Francisco, but I've never done it. I remember the author Sark, Susan Ariel Rainbow Kennedy, talking about that, as well as some other folks. I think that um, walking a labyrinth in general is meant to be a, a meditative act. There, gosh, there are, there are walking meditations. There are, I mean, what, what is a pilgrimage but a walking meditation to a place, uh, a sacred place? And at that sacred place, you may pray, chant, there may be ecstatic dance, all sorts of things. There are different ways to access one's own relationship with the divine. And for you, meditation may not be, you may not wish to access a relationship with the divine. You may be an atheist. You may be someone who isn't seeking out a god or gods or universal presence or divine presence. And that's perfectly all right. As I said earlier, you can still benefit so much from meditation. And I will just conclude by telling you, before we do a brief, a little brief, uh, what I'll call a mini meditation together, teeny tiny, itty bitty, um, I'll just share with you some of the ways in which I feel that I have benefited from meditation. I think that I am happier on my own as a result. I think that I am better able to remember when I'm in the depths of depression or disappointment or the height of anger 
that this too shall pass because one thing that I have learned through meditation is that all thoughts and sensations are temporary. They all pass. And that is something that you hear through a lot of Buddhist educators and Buddhist practitioners, teachers. But I think that comes up sort of in a lot of different traditions and ideas, the idea that everything changes, everything passes. My grandmother was a Catholic, and she would say, this too shall pass, to remind me, and that is true. Everything does. I'm looking at candles that I have lit right now, and they're going to burn down eventually if I keep them um, lit. And also, I'm looking at the roses that I have in front of me. Uh, bought myself roses. I can buy myself flowers. Miley, you're so right. I bought myself roses with my gift card to the grocery store. Ugh, my best Christmas presents this year, gift card to the grocery store of my choice, which I love very much, and also an Instax instant camera. Great. Thanks, mom and dad. Thanks, brother and sister-in-law. But these roses, which look so lovely right now, they're going to wilt and the leaves are going to drop off and the petals are going to drop off. That's just going to happen. Everything changes. I'm getting older. My jawline does not look the same way that it once did. My body doesn't look the same way that it once did. I actually happen to like it quite a lot right now, which is nice. But, um, but it'll change. It'll change. My hair is different. I just got a haircut. It'll grow, presumably. Everything changes. And so meditation, because every moment to moment awareness in meditation, the practice of doing it for a few years now on an almost daily basis, has helped reiterate, reinforce this notion that I knew intellectually, which is that everything changes. And when big changes happen, I still find them scary sometimes, frightening and frustrating and, and unwelcome sometimes and all those things. But, but I practice... I do something every day that reminds me that change is inevitable, that change is occurring even now as I'm talking to you. You may be able to hear in the background faintly or loudly, I don't know, the sound of the elevator. You may have already heard my cat moving around. Um, well, now my cat is laying down. <laughs> right now the elevator is still. Things change. So that has been the, a huge benefit. Um, it, it's been sort of like building up that muscle. And I know that that muscle can atrophy if I just quit doing meditation. But what's great is that you can always come back. You can always come back. And that's coming back to the practice over and over again. Meditation has helped me insert the sacred pause more often. The sacred pause being that moment between we think and we act. So um, instead of uh, just Look, sometimes I do say something without thinking or react quickly. But even if I'm feeling really flooded with emotion, really overwhelmed, if I remember what I do every day, meditation, stillness and breathing, I can insert a little pause. And the term, the sacred pause, I got from Buddhist psychotherapist and podcaster extraordinaire and author Tara Brock, but I'm sure she got it from somewhere else. Um, if I can insert that sacred pause, just that little moment can be enough to keep me from shooting my mouth off entirely. So I've gotten from meditation, a greater understanding of and acceptance of impermanence, although that work is ongoing. 
a greater ability to and propensity for using the sacred pause. And that work is ongoing too. I also have found something positive and peaceful to occupy me when I'm dealing with sleeplessness. It's not going to, um, there are things you can do to induce slumber, of course, chemically, but also through breathing exercises. Meditation does not do that. Um, meditation is, is a quiet, focused alertness. But let's say I'm just like, fuck it, I'm not falling asleep. Well, I can do a meditation. That's incredibly valuable. And it, it can be restful, even as it is alert and awake. Um, I don't know, what would, what would we call it? Self-soothing, let's say. So, um, it's a, it's a self-soothing practice as well for me. And I would say that meditation has helped me slow down my life in general, and that is a positive thing. If you are somebody inclined to perfectionism, to high achievement, to getting as much done as you can in a day, to rising and grinding, to valuing yourself based on outside evaluations, on uh, awards, on salary, on likes, on comments, on what have you. And I am one of those people. Meditation can be just an invaluable tool. It is priceless, truly. And it's free, which is great. To forcing you to slow down and to get out of your competitive mindset. It can help you just learn that you're even allowed to take a breath. So these are just some of the, the things, ways in which meditation has helped my life. Yes, Polly, I know we're I'm talking about meditation. <laughs> um, and listen, if you've got a, a cat or a dog or a whatever creature that really wants to be on your lap as much as possible, you can meditate with a creature on your lap. It's a great thing. So uh, in that spirit, let's do a little meditative exercise <sighs> together. Mm -hmm. How about that? So um, all we are going to do, we're going to keep our eyes open for this one. Um, they can be wide open. <laughs> I would say a, a relaxed look would be best. And I would like you to, whether you're sitting or standing or laying down, if you can be in stillness at this point, that would be great. Don't do this if you're driving in a car and need to be paying attention. If you're just sitting parked in the car, go for it. All we're going to do is gently fix our eyes on some point in front of us. If you get distracted, that's okay. Some fixed point in front of us. So right now, I am sitting up. I'm cross-legged. I've got my hands on my knees. I am in this lovely yellow chair that I adore. And moving my neck around a little bit, moving my shoulders around a little bit. Like I said, I get back pain. <sighs> and I'm going to focus on one of the dozen roses that I bought for myself today. And all I'm going to do 
as I gently focus my eyes, resting my eyes on that rose, is breathe in and out five times. Now when we do, and that's five complete breaths, um, what I would like would be, if possible, if you could get your breath out of, <sighs> that was a shallow breath, get it out of your chest, get that, that inhale deeper into your belly like this. I'm feeling my belly expand, and now I'm going to breathe out slowly through my mouth. If you're really tense, it may be hard to do that, and that's okay. If it ends up being shallow breathing, that's where we're at. But if it aids or assists you, you can put your hand on your lower belly, and that may encourage you to get that, that inhalation a little deeper. So we're going to inhale and exhale. And you can do it in time with me, or your breath pattern may be different. You also may be breathing with the assistance of a device, and so you may be on a machine's clock, so to speak. People listen to this podcast in all different states of being. So if you can't or would prefer not to attempt to control your breathing at this time, you may wish to tap your toes in time with the sound of my breathing or even tap your fingers or whatever, blink your eyes, whatever is possible for you. Or you can picture a metronome. You can picture whatever you want to. But I just ask that if you can see that you open your eyes and keep them gently resting on something. So I'm going to breathe in and out and do five total breaths here. I already got distracted and lost track. I think the next one is my last one, but I don't know. I'm going to do two more breaths. See? It, it's okay. <sighs> and I'm smiling, but you know what? I kept my eyes. I blinked, of course, but I kept focusing on that red rose and I'm still looking at it right now even as I lost track of my breathing and so I'm not taking that out and doing the exercise again why would I editing that out and putting in some perfect exercise I hope that when you hear things like this when you're listening to this podcast the mistakes or the this or the that um and hopefully my own sense of humor about it, that you feel better about yourself and maybe you feel less alone. If I was thinking maybe you got through all five breaths in the time it took me to do two breaths. <laughs> so you're sitting there bored like, Ugh. or maybe you're clogged up, your nose is clogged up right now and you don't feel like doing all those breaths. That's okay. 
Now let's try one more. This is, um, I've done this before. It's the box breathing or the square breath. And it's, uh, I mean, I've done it on this podcast before. If you go back to the archive of this podcast, you'll hear all sorts of things. Interviews, breathing techniques, relaxation techniques. I think sometimes there's journal prompts and all sorts of stuff. And by the way, if you ever want to chat, um, if you're a patron, you can message me right at patreon.com slash Casa. You can also email serotonin newsletter, S-A-R-A-T-O-N-I-N newsletter at gmail.com. But right now we're going to do the square breath. It's in for four counts, hold for four counts, out for four counts, hold for four counts. It's very, very useful. And I've got this little tiger right here. Hi, my little panther. Yeah, do you want to come try and do the box breath? You going to come sit on my lap? Come on. Yeah, very tentative, very gently stepping down from that armrest. Oh, of course, sniff the microphone. Yeah, put your face against it. They need to hear that. Here, how about, how about this? How about if they hear me? Maybe it's an ASMR podcast now. But if everybody hears me petting you, huh? Ooh, here she comes. I hope they can hear you purring. Okay, she's going to get herself comfortable, everybody. You can hear me scratching this little buddy. She's been with me for three years now. I adopted her right around the time when I started the podcast. Pretty cool, right, Polly? (laughs) one thing I have found too is that um, my cat is more likely to want to hang out with me when I'm more peaceful and in a bit of a calmer state as a result of meditation of course she also takes very good care of me when I'm sick for example like when I had COVID she frequently sat down and wrapped her whole body around my head (laughs) which was very sweet all right, she's, she's sorting out what the fuck she's going to do. We are going to do the box breath. In for four, hold for four, out for four. Ready? We're going to do it twice. Hold. Two, three, four. Two, three, four. Hold. Two, three, four. Just breathe as you regularly would. Ah. Well, it's very normal to yawn, to cough, to blink, to move your body, to readjust yourself. My My right knee hurts right now. It's been in the same position for too long. It tends to do better when I'm moving. So I have to stretch more frequently and I know that. You'll feel all those things, all those bodily sensations, all those things will come up when you meditate. And um, that box breathing can become meditative. The act of focusing on one object with the eyes and breathing, that, that's a meditation. 
And then the box breathing that we just did, that's a breathwork technique, and it can be meditative if you employ it as such. I really suggest checking out Headspace, checking out the Calm app. Um, what else? I don't have the Calm app. I did some work for them a few years ago. Um, but from what I've heard, it's great. They gave me a free subscription for a year and I never used it, which is so silly. I wish I had. But anyway, um, uh, Headspace is great. Calm is great. There are others. There are YouTube meditations you can do. Sharon Salzberg has been a guest of the podcast. Wonderful, wonderful meditation teacher. I would like to take a class with her. I would like to do a silent meditation retreat, even if it's just a day. I would like to try that. I've never done that. I'm scared to, but I think it would be good. I've heard good things. Um, anyway, yeah, so if you like what you heard, please subscribe. Please leave a kind review. That really helps other people find the podcast. Again, patreon.com slash Sarah Benincasa. Would love your, your dollars or your international currency. Um, and you do get 15% off if you pay in advance for an annual subscription up front. There's also sarahjbenincasa.substack.com. You can read um, most stuff there. You can read for free. There are some things that only paid subscribers get. But um, yeah. Uh, oh, also anything that you can read by His Holiness, the 14th Dalai Lama, solid move, I think. I think we can all agree. Good stuff. Um, the late, great Thich Nhat Hanh. Uh, reading Meditation Instruction by Thich Nhat Hanh is really beautiful. There is an actually an astrologer named Alina Alive, A-L-I-N-A, Alina Alive. She's pretty great. And she does, uh, I think it's a new moon meditation. Every new moon, she does a meditation on her YouTube, which is great. Yoga with Adrian. that's Adrienne Mishler, A-D-R-I-E-N-E, Adrian with one N. She has some lovely meditations. And then, of course, if you would prefer to practice in an explicitly um, Christian tradition, whether Catholic or otherwise, that's available to you. I know that there are specific meditations done not just in the esoteric Jewish tradition of, of Kabbalah, but also in, in various, um, you know, in various strains of forms of sects of aspects of Judaism, there are different practices. Certainly, it is an integral part of Buddhism. Um, I'm sure there are meditative practices in Hinduism, considering that Buddhism grew out of Hinduism. Um, in fact, I know that there are. Why am I acting like I don't know that there are? <laughs> and many, many others. And actually, in Unitarian Universalism, which has its roots in Christianity, but is really sort of... Um, a lovely, uh, I would say, a lovely community organization. Would we call it pantheistic? I don't know. I know atheists who are happy practicing Unitarian Universalists. They've got some meditative stuff. I, I, the people got the stuff, you know? Go check it out. There's certainly many religions I didn't mention. Um, I, I think about the ecstatic music and like the music of the Hajj in Islam, which is so not necessarily ecstatic music, but so beautiful. But I know that in Sufism, there's meditative traditions. I'm sure there's others. Anyway, serotonin newsletter at gmail.com if you want to give me some some more ideas that I could address in a future podcast. But I hope this has been helpful. I know these are tough times for many, many people. I love you. I appreciate you. I'm very, very grateful that you're here. 
and I'm looking forward to bringing you more of this podcast in future. Take good care.